we look at growth, I want us to look at something, man. Right? So Verizon is in the telecommunications space. This is down. Communications. These are the laggers right now. Communications. Right? Communications. Next, technology. Adobe down. Ford. So communication, these are the three biggest laggers right now. Communications, technology, and consumer. These are down right now. Consumer discretionary to be exact. Right? Now let's go to what's winning. This is in November. Here we go in November. Now, we're looking for a cyclical value. This is what's leading us. Energy. ExxonMobil up 85% year-to-date. CF up 48% year-to-date. Lockheed Martin up 37% year-to-date. So what we just looked at was we looked at where the laggards were and where the value was year-to-date. So from January, year-to-date means from January to that date. You feel what I'm saying? So I just want us to look at, if we look at that, we can then look and see, okay, again, let's talk about something we said early in the show. We talked about something early in the show. What is going to take us, carry us through the recession? What's going to carry us through? Got to pay attention to it. Let's go, man. Hey, man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good, man. Alright, so we cannot not talk about elections, y'all. We cannot talk about that. So one of the things I looked at and I saw was prior to the election, the market probably gave us 0.3% up. But watch this, y'all. The 12 months after the election, the market gave us around 16% on average. This is since 1962. So I like to go do, I like to go back. Again, I, I like to see what history tells me about the market. Right? I don't try to just come up and just, hey, this is what's going on. I got this brilliant idea. I don't like to do that. I like to come in and say, hey, let me see what's going on. What has, what has periodically, systematically happened time and time again. So since 1962, the 12 months before midterm elections, the market is barely up, 0.3%. So barely but the 12 months prior, specifically the November, December, right after the market, the market usually gives us about 16%. So let's just keep our eye on that and let's see if this actually coincides. Let's see. Let's go, man. Yeah, I said we in it. So, truest bank. So one of the things I often like to pay attention to too is Looking at where the sectors are in the market. So Truist Bank came out with its sector ratings. It said energy, industrials, healthcare, and consumer staples are overweight. I'll explain that later. It says utilities, financials, consumer discretionary, and materials are neutral. 
It says, tech real estate and communication services are underway. Now, I want to pause right there for a second. If we think right back to a screen I just showed you, it was tech and consumer services inside of the laggers. It was energy, industrials, healthcare inside of the overweight. So we seeing a rhythm. We seeing a rhyme right here. We seeing a flow. We seeing a flow. All right. Let's go a little further. So I want to break this down because I want you to understand what overweight, underweight, neutral means, right? So overweight means that a stock or a specific sector is overperforming. I mean, it's doing really well. So it's overweight. When a stock or sector is neutral, when it gets a neutral rating, that means that the stock isn't negative, it isn't positive, it's trading or moving within a tight range. And then when it's underweight, it means that a stock or sector is losing value or it's poorly performing, now watch this, and it is expected to perform that way in the near future. That's a clip, Jose. Overweight, neutral, and underweight. So now every bank will put out their ratings. Yo, boom, boom, boom. So true is put their ratings out. Overweight, neutral. So now it's something we can pay attention to. Let's now start paying attention to what these banks and what these um, investment banks are you, what are they looking at for their ratings? God, we cooking, man. Let's go, man. Man, like and subscribe, man. Let's go, man. Get the likes up for me, man. We definitely trapping, man. We should have about 1,500 to 2,000 people. We need to have 2,000 people in here moving forward. Next week, we need to have 2,000 people in here, y'all. Like, real talk. Every week, we come and give y'all game. The number's growing. I love y'all. Y'all got to start telling people to come through. Y'all got to tell people to come home, man. Y'all see, y'all can't hold the information to yourself. Tell the people to come home. Tell them to come rock with us, you yeah? Let's go. Let's build it out, man. All right, man, so let's look at the best performing stocks in the S&P 500, just year to date. So year to date, again, means from January to now, right now. So we got CF up 43%. We got Marathon up 46%. ExxonMobil up 49%. We got uh, CTRA up 57%. Um, we got Hess. I like Hess. It is a sleeper. It is positioned to be one of the biggest. It is up 62%. Enphase is actually huge. Huge. And Oxy, man, warm. I think that, I'm going to be real with y'all, yo. I've been looking at Oxy for a while, and I just don't understand why Warren Buffett got this company like this. But I truly believe that this company just outperformed like this just because Warren Buffett owned it, bro. I kid you not. I kid you not. I truly believe that Oxy Petroleum is performing like this because Warren Buffett owned it. He owned a lot of it, bro. And I believe people just buying it because he got it. Because I looked at the fundamentals on this company, bro. I'm, I'm talking about I studied this company. I'm like, all right, let me see what he see. Again, this is why he's one of the greatest in the world. <laughs> Not me. But I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it, bro. 
But what we cannot deny is up 109%. So he saw something. <laughs> he saw something and he to go for a reason, bro. But I, I just don't see it, bro. I have studied this company. Like, I'm like, yo, what is it? I'm, but all I keep seeing every time I look at the 13F is Warren Buffett just bought some more oxy petroleum. <laughs> I'm like, why? And then before I know it, the goddamn thing is up again. Oh, well, let's go, man. That's <laughs> what it is, right? So, but also in that, I want to look at the biggest companies with great dividend payout ratio. So the payout ratio is what a company is paying you out of profit. This is important because a lot of you always look for dividend companies. And so one of the things I want you to look for when you're looking at a dividend company is the payout ratio, right? You want to look at and see if the payout ratio, I don't like to be greedy. So I don't like my payout ratios to be over 60%, right? And so what happens is if it's not that high, but I definitely don't like them to be super low. Like Apple, Apple pisses me off because they got all that goddamn money and then they got that little bitty dividend. Apple, stop playing. You know what I'm saying? Stop playing. Like increase the goddamn dividend. Up the payout ratio, you man. <laughs> they be tripping. So Microsoft has a 25% ratio. FedEx has a 20, 33% ratio. Chevron has a 36% ratio. Home Depot has a 43% ratio. I actually own Home Depot. Starbucks has a 54% ratio. Johnson & Johnson, I would never own that company because they purposely gave people cancer. I don't care what nobody say. Has 61% payout ratio. McDonald's. But their real estate in burger selling ass has a 66% PR ratio and Coca-Cola has a 78% PR ratio. Now, check this out. Let me say this. When it comes to McDonald's and Coca-Cola, let me say two things. McDonald's is an interesting company. And people always say McDonald's isn't a burger place. It's a real estate company. That's a lie. McDonald's is a burger company. Real estate is the side business. Real estate is their side business. They're the number one burger franchise in the world. Their marketing is impeccable. And if you go look at when McDonald's tried to be, consider themselves a real estate company, go look at how they failed in 2010. I'm, I'm lying, 2018. They tried to consider themselves a real estate company. That was an epic fail, and they went back to what worked. Now, what makes the real estate component of McDonald's work is this. They charge 22% over market value for their real estate. That's what make it work. They charge 22% over market value rent for their real estate. That's what make it work. That's what make, <laughs> That's what make it work. But the thing about McDonald's is they strategically put their real estate there are companies in certain places. And what I like about McDonald's, when I'm talking about what I like about it, shout out to my girl, Jay Ashley, man. McDonald's, man. She is a young, she's from New Orleans, man. If y'all know it, tell her I shouted her out. That's my girl, man. She's from New Orleans. She owns a McDonald's, man, on the West Bank, man. Tell her trap said, keep going, queen. Like, salute to her for that, man. Um... But what McDonald's does is um, they strategically put their franchises in certain places. But what happens is they make 
their menu easy to go through. The way they, like, I was looking at a study, like, the way they position their products from the naming of the product. Like, check this out. People thought they was crazy. I remember when I talked about them bringing about the adult Happy Meals. Bro, them things sold out. The adult Happy Meals went crazy. Why? Because our overgrown adult asses saw those things and thought about the old McDonald's commercials. You know, we thought about the old... We thought about the old McDonald's commercial, the old McDonald's toys when we was young, the hamburger, the purple dude, you dig? We thought about that. We went and bought the goddamn Happy Meal, and now we got the toys sitting up. And I'm pissed off I couldn't go get one. Now they on uh, Amazon for $3,000. God damn it. I always want to oversell some shit. <laughs> but McDonald's was smart. They're brilliant at, one of the things McDonald's is brilliant at is marketing. McDonald's are great at putting great commercials together. McDonald's are great at, McDonald's to me is almost like Disney, right? They create this value brand. We know that that food ain't good. Now, I don't eat it. I haven't ate it in years. I'm going to just keep it real with you. But people know that shit ain't good. People know that food is not good. But guess what? I ain't never seen a McDonald's drive through empty. I don't care where I was at. I don't care what state I was in. Bro, I was just in Paris. That line was packed at McDonald's. Now, next, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a brilliant business, and I don't have a problem with Coca-Cola having a high payout ratio simply because of this. It is a business that you will not see a lot. Let me shout out to McDonald's, man. Shout out to McDonald's, man. Shout out to McDonald's. And so, it's okay, baby. You can clap. <laughs> right? So, what I love about Coca-Cola is this, man. So, Coca-Cola breaks their business down into two ways. They break their business down to the finished product business, and they break their business down to a concentrate business. So, the concentrate business only sells the syrup. Sipping on some scissor. Sip, 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 sipping on some scissor. Sip, 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 sipping on some scissor. So they only sell the syrup. The other part of the business is the finished product business. The finished product part of their business sells the bottle. Sells the bottle. So all of the companies that they have under the McDonald's brand, I mean the Coca-Cola brand, the bottling part of that, they sell. So they sell you the finished product. So they don't just sell you the concentrate. They sell you the concentrate inside of the bottle, topped off, and they truck it to you. You feel me? So it's kind of like you coming to me. I can either send it, give it to you in a powder form, or I can cook it up for you. I can break it down. I can put it in the bag. I can weigh it up to you and give it to you like that. But that's going to cost you more. Right? And so that's what they do. And so I love the fact that they break their business on into two segments. Um, but what I also love about Coca-Cola is the fact that I don't mind them having a 70, I don't mind them having such a high payout ratio simply because it's a business that will not, it's not a growing business. Like, they're not about to invent a product that's going to change the world. 
They tried it with Coke Zero. People were like, all right, bet. They tried it. I never understood. I've always watched people drink Diet Coke, but they got the fattest meal in front of them. What the Diet Coke gonna do, fam? You eating a Big Mac. Why did you just order Diet Coke? You got a Big Mac and some fries and an apple pie. What did you order the Diet Coke for? That don't make no sense. It make, me, make that make sense. The Coke ain't coking. <laughs> So, um, but I love that about I love that about Coca Cola because one of the things is they they managed to make their beverage brand the number one beverage brand in all restaurants. So more more restaurants have the Coca Cola brand than anything. But also when you go inside of a store, Coca Cola has the market share and the shelf space. So Coca Cola has the most shelf space when it comes to selling beverages. All of their beverages are in the store. Coca Cola has about forty seven percent of shelf space in any store you go to. So that's real dope, man.